It's no secret the NFL has a problem with race. Think Colin Kaepernick. Think Brian Flores. But this isn't a new problem. It's one that started as far back as the 1930s, with a ban on Black players in the NFL, with a past that informs the present. Blackballed is a new miniseries podcast from The Ringer about the four men who broke the color barrier in football. I'm your host, Chelsea Stark-Jones. Blackballed is dropping soon on The Ringer NFL feed. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Welcome to the very first episode of What About Your Friends, a podcast dedicated to the many lives of friendship and how it's portrayed in movies, TV, music, pop culture, video games, everything. I'm your host, Erica Ramirez, founder of Illy, and I'm here with my best friend and founder of Objects, Stephen Othello. And later, I'll speak with ringer favorite, Joanna Robinson. How are you doing? How are you feeling? I'm doing good today. Everything's chill. Everything's good. All right, because we're going to talk about the apocalypse. So that's good that you feel good. (laughs) (laughs) So with season two of Yellow Jackets coming up, and I think I mentioned this, that I've been watching The Walking Dead backwards from season 11 to season Mm -hmm. one. So I have less anxiety. I know who's dying and not dying. That's an interesting way of watching the show. I can't front. (laughs) For real. So I've been watching, clearly binge watching The Walking Dead. And it's had me questioning like my survival skills. Right. Well, I've questioned my survival skills since the beginning of the pandemic. I question them every time there's an earthquake in LA, which is pretty much all the time. Have you ever questioned your your survival skills in case of an emergency? I haven't because I play a lot of video games. So I already know what gun I would (laughs) use if shit got crazy or if it was like, um, I'm always looking at my building. Like how, how safe is my building? Like I live on the ninth floor. How would they get up here? You know, like are they climbing zombies where they can climb up the walls like uh, World War mm-hmm. Z or is it like can they are they smart where they can open doors so I'm always thinking of these different uh, ways to like combat zombies just in case something crazy ever happened uh, <laughs> I think I think my skill would be like um, I know how to strategize so I think my strategy on how to get us out of the building if it ever hit the fan would be a way I can like help the team what's yours what do you what's your uh, skill in the zombie apocalypse um, so I've thought about this. I think I'm the emotional support friend. So I have again no, no <laughs> I have no upper body strength, right? So I don't mm-hmm. know how to fight. Uh, and I probably can't fight for that long. So I feel like I'm the friend that when like someone's friend gets bit by a zombie, they'd come to me for comfort. Like I would comfort them. I'd be like a shoulder to cry on. I'd have mad Oprah sessions, you know, about life and death and things mm-hmm. like that. So yeah, I feel like I'd be just a loyal like listener. So I'd probably go out first, but at least, you know, I'm using my skills. If you were like a walking dead character, I would consider you more like Carol. 
Really? And I, I, yeah. <laughs> and, and and how since, since you starting at the end, Carol's a badass, right? Yeah, she is. Yeah. But she started out as a nurturer, right? Like she mm. she was a nurturer first, right? It was all about family, took care of responsibilities with the kids, made sure that she was protective of them and nurturing of them. And then all hell broke loose, right? And as she went on, she learned all these different survival skills from around the people she was with. And that right. made her a bit different from how she started to where she, where she ended up at. Now she's like the badass character of the show. She's like, right. she's on the level of Daryl and um, what's my man name? What's the uh, homie name? Which one? The cop. Rick. Yeah, Rick, Rick Grimes. Yes. So, so you, you, she, you're on the level of Rick, on the level of Daryl as a character. Someone who um, learned as time went by and yeah. like became like the Swiss Army knife of ideas. That's my perspective of you. Wait, you know so you have faith in me that I will adapt and be able to survive on my own? I mean, you're a Libra. Hello. I'm just saying, you know. What? <laughs> what is that? What does that even mean? Aren't Libra supposed to be about like balance and like all that? Yeah, you know they, more about my sign than I know. They know about how to balance the gun and, and a hug. It's, it's, it's <laughs> even, you know. <laughs> that is not. Uh, I'm trying to think of what character you would be from The Walking Dead. I'm, I think I would be kind of like Daryl, to be honest, because like Daryl was, you know, he's loyal, right? He's all about family. Um, yeah. And you know, his best friends. You know, he'll, he'll die for his best friends, Rick and Carol, and everybody else. Um, He's also a loner, you know what I'm saying? He's, he has this very loner moment, but he comes back yes, when he he's does. ready. He always comes back. He just need a moment, you know? I'm glad that you picked Daryl because that's my favorite friendship from the show is Carol and Daryl. Makes sense. How they like, they both grew from what I know and from what I've seen, individually have grown. Mm -hmm. And then also as a, like friends have grown. I do think that you have some Rosita in you though. Like Rosita is like strong, but also has like a soft spot. Oh man, that's that's a good one she actually. Loves. Like she's Word. she's badass and she's like she could be on her own, but she also could be with everyone else. And I think there's like, yeah, some warmth to her, even despite all the darkness. It took her a while to warm up to to everyone because she was very like uh cold at first as a character. Yeah. Oh, see, I wouldn't put that on you. I wouldn't put you going from cold to warm. You know what though? I would I would say that about myself. I feel like I've it took me years to, I mean, once I met you, I was able to like understand that it's okay to be vulnerable. Can you imagine being vulnerable like in a post-apocalyptic world? It's tough. Like how much, yeah, how much we've grown as far as like vulnerability and mm -hmm. expressing that, let alone being comfortable with it. And now like that is a key, I think, component to like surviving in that type of world. Right, right. Like communication, vulnerability, because you're putting your life sometimes in someone else's hands. But, you know, it's so interesting because I think I think in those posts, uh, those are not even posts, but like. Like doomsday. Doomsday yeah. moments. It's like by any means necessary. You know, like yes. you might got to lie. You might got to cheat. You <laughs> might got to kill, rob. You yes. know, it depends on the group that you're around, you know, the community around. I think. um and uh, apocalyptic moments, your adapted your adaptability has to be up. You know, right? We have to be like if you're part of like the bad crew, then you got to play that game. And if you're part of like the nurturing family side crew, then you yeah. got to play that game. Because, but you know, it's always that one person that like betrays the, the nurturing family side. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It's like, but you think about it. Like even Negan 
understood what it take took to just be vulnerable and be open. Yes. You know, Negan's yes. a, a good example, right? He lost his family, so he, he became cold. But then slowly but surely, he, you know, he became warm. Now he's like a, a superhero. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Those are the best character arcs, though. Like the ones that got a little good and bad in them. You know, it's a balance. Mm, that is true. What would you need in a friend to survive? I would I would want my friend um, to do the opposite of me. Like for me, it's just like, I think I would need someone that's a little uh, more protective if I'm on the nurturing side, right? Let's just say I'm raising the family, right? And mm -hmm. I'm the nurturer. Then I would need my partner to be like the protector, you know? Yeah. Or if like, um, if I'm the protector, then I would need her to be the the medic, you know? Like some balance where... I focus on the left, you focus on the right. If we both focus on the left, then they're going to attack us on the right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So there has to be like, we got to be watching both sides. Like if I'm a builder, then you need to be a, a planter. You know, we should be both looking on YouTube and trying to figure out how to build and plant. You feel me? You know what's, <laughs> you know what's funny is that you kind of, you made this other individual into a woman. Is mm -hmm. it like, did you think of like a romantic partner when I asked you that? Yeah, I feel like, uh, I think in my uh, my post-apocalyptic fairy tale, because I think it's a fairy tale. <laughs> I is would it? Wanna, yeah, yeah. I would want to be like together with my shorty. Like we out here just like <laughs> going to war. You feel me? That's like fire to me. I think. I don't know. What about you? What about though? your friends? What about your friend? No, I'm joking. Uh, uh, what about you? Um, what would I need to survive? Well, what's interesting is I don't I don't know if I think of a partner, a romantic partner. I think of a, a friend first. That's mm. mad pressure to put on a, a partner. I think that, you know, there's this, there's this fear that I think is, has lessened when you, with like family relationships and friendships where you're not as scared of someone leaving you if some shit goes down, right? It's kind of why sometimes some people like don't treat their family as nice as they would like to mm. because they're like, well, it's my family. And I think sometimes we get really comfortable and we do that with friends also. But with partners, I feel like there's always a difference where you do get, there's more fear that this person's going to leave and not come back. Right. So I'm wondering if that has something to do with me just thinking more so of a friend. Because your ass better not leave me during this doomsday event. Because right. it took a while for Carol to be a badass. It's going to take me a while to learn how to aim and shoot and know which mushrooms to pick. Mm-hmm. Can you think of a, a friendship with within all these movies or shows or even games, even if I might not know them, that's your favorite to like watch? Like I, you know, mine's like Carol and Daryl, mm -hmm. right? That's like my favorite friendship across all of these doomsday shows that I've seen. You know what's so interesting? And I, I know it's probably not on the same level of doomsday, um, but I watch Snowfall, right? Yes. And you see the fallout of a family. And for, it's not Doomsday, but it feels like Doomsday internally. So my favorite character is, the characters is from like, um, from Snowfall. Right. Like those characters, they're literally experiencing like Doomsday in their business, family, mm. structure. It's, mm -hmm. it's the same perspective. It's just real, it's in real life. There's you life know what I'm saying? or death tension. 
and consequences. Yeah. You know, the, the interesting about drugs and the, like, the zombie apocalypse is, is interesting, right? Because like there was a theory that in The Walking Dead, the prequel to The Walking Dead was um, Breaking Bad. So remember they was on a the meth, they was making the blue meth? Yes, yes. They, the word on the street is that <laughs> the blue meth turned them into zombies and started the apocalypse. This is a real life theory. So drugs was the, the start of the Walking Dead apocalypse. That's what the streets are saying. I'm not like saying this fact. I'm just saying what the streets told me. You feel me? <laughs> I connect Snowfall to it because it's like when you see that show, granted it's not like the Walking Dead, it almost can be the prequel to some shit that's about to like ruin someone's life. You know what I'm saying? Right. Wow, that's deep. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Hit this blood. That's deep. <laughs> Shut I'm just saying. What would what would we need to change about one another in order to survive? Besides, you know, like for me, clearly like learning how to fight or aim or shoot. What would yours be? I mean, that I'd need to be more physically, like more fit mm. and learn how to, in other words, fearless. I would need to be more fearless and probably more uh, savage. You think you need those things and to survive? Like, do you think that's what you need? This type of post-apocalyptic event? Mm-hmm. Yes. So I'm like, I'm pretty much just thinking of The Walking Dead, right? Mm-hmm. Or The Last of Us, some sort of zombie type of apocalypse where there's something that is not necessarily human that you have to go against. But low key, you know, they're out here killing humans too in the shows, not just zombies. Because they, because the zombies are human. That's the, that's the thing. It's like, yes, they are human. That's why um, I forgot her name, but on The Last of Us, she, the little girl, she was like, uh, Ellie. Yeah, Ellie. She was like, uh, do you feel guilty for killing all these zombies? Right. And it's like, mm-hmm. That's a real, when you think about it, it's like she's still connected to them on a human level. As humans, right? Yeah. As real life humans, I guess, because you're right. They all are human or were human. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, overall, I would say I need to be a little bit more fearless. Real. I respect that. What about you? I would want to be a little bit more, not a little bit, just in general, like open. I think like I would be like the Daryl character, like where I'll just be a, like a loner. Mm-hmm. So the minute like someone came up to me and was like, hey, we have some food. Do you want to come with us? I'll be like, yeah, right. You're trying to set me up, you know? <laughs> so I just have to be a little more open to people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm still mad excited that you chose that you said I was Carol and uh, you're Daryl because I do think they're my favorite um, doomsday friendship mm-hmm. just because of how much they've made each other. They've helped each other become more vulnerable and stronger. Mm-hmm. With time. As individuals. Yeah, with time. And, it, and it's, it's a real friendship. It wasn't like it was like sexy vibes, you know, like the twinkle in the eye. Sometimes oh, they got yeah. a little twinkle, but I think they yeah. always like respected each other's um, boundaries. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, like Ellie and Riley, episode seven of The Last of Us, mm-hmm. they're friends, but there's a little crush there right. from both of them. So there was always, I think with that show, there's this thought of one, this question of what's the links you would go to? For someone you love. And two, your friendships or your type these type of relationships need to be deeper than just a relationship. Right. Like, if that makes any sense, right? Like there's a there's like siblings, brother relationship, there's almost like father and daughter relationship. 
Ellie wants to also be be an equal to Joel. Like she's looking at it that way. But either mm-hmm. way, all these relationships are like more than what they are, which is interesting. We're like, you you have to, the friendship has to be more. I don't know what that is. Fill in the blank during the during this type of event. But it's funny because like you said, Raleigh and Ellie is like the friendship, I think is like Joel and Ellie. Mm-hmm. I think that's more. I thought it was, mm-hmm. I thought that was more of like a father-daughter relationship. But Ellie looks at it as more like she wants to be more equal. I think. Exactly. So that's where you're coming from, is like that, from her eyes, this friendship. Yeah, there's a friendship. I think even if it is a father figure uh, type, I still think you need to be friends with your father, right? There still need to be mm-hmm. some sort of friendship there. You know, that's what makes amazing fathers, right? The, the fathers right. that can guide you in um in a healthy way, in a friendly way, you know? Right. Um, and I think that's there because I think he's uh, grown to be more vulnerable with Ellie. You know, at first he didn't care. Right. Like literally like I, his mission was to get the whip so he can go figure out some shit. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And now it's about, you know, protecting Ellie and making sure she's safe. You know? Yeah. You could see him open up every single episode. You know, like I watched it. Yeah. I mean, it also goes to show how much, no matter the type of relationship, you need a friendship at the foundation of it. Got to. It's all about that. Like, you know, people, they, they put, we put a lot of emphasis on like, I love you. And like, mm-hmm. I really love you. I'm in love with you. But mm-hmm. it's so cool to like, I like somebody, you know, like I like you. You're cool. Yeah. You know, I think that's just as important as I love you. We put so much right. energy in love, but just to like somebody, because you can love somebody and not like them. Right. Mm-hmm. But you can totally not like somebody and then not love them. Right. Like it's like. Right. Yes. You could love someone you don't like. Oh, look at us. Yeah. I need to stop binge watching The Walking Dead, though, because Daryl's showing up in like nightmares. Um, That's crazy. Thank you for joining me. I'm happy to know that we would survive an apocalypse together. Yes, sir. Now, stay tuned for my conversation with Joanna Robinson. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. This episode is brought to you by Rakuten. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores, including headliners, Ulta, Ray-Ban, and Canon. Rakuten is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals during Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th. The cash back rates are even bigger. I'll be shopping for Adidas and Fenty. You can save on everything you need for summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of Big Give Week's 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'd love to introduce our guests for today, someone we all know and love, Joanna Robinson, our very own Ringer podcaster and culture critic. Oh my God. I'm so, first of all, so excited to be here. Secondly, we are doing, I love that this is a theme of friendship because what we are doing is like one of the fun and wild things that happens on the Ringer Podcast Network sometimes, which is this is the first time we're meeting and talking to each other. <laughs> so like people, people get to hear our like podcast meet cute in real time. So uh, hopefully it's the beginning of a beautiful friendship, Erica. Yes. <laughs> so let's talk friendships in a post-apocalyptic world or doomsday. Let's start off with this. In this type of a world, what kind of friend would you be or how different of a friend would you be from how you are now? I think that because I am so insecure about what I could contribute otherwise in a post-apocalyptic setting, like I don't have skills. Um, I'm, I'm like not, like all my skills are soft skills. I have no like hard post-apocalyptic skills. I can't forage. I don't know what plants are poisonous. <laughs> if if like the zombies are coming, like I will probably get bitten early, you know, like all this other <laughs> stuff. Um, I feel like I would have to compensate with like good vibes. So I are I feel like I'm like kind of a good vibes person, but I would become like an aggressively good vibes person where people, <laughs> people would be like, and this sounds like kind of calculating, but it's like. It's like kindness for calculating reasons, kind of, but it's like in order to survive, I feel like I need to make myself so beloved and lovable that they're (laughs) like, they're like, well, Joanna's a helpless mess, but we want to keep her around for morale. So protect her at all costs. So I think I would just like boost up me coming, like trying to come up with like fun ideas for how to pass a Pass a post-apocalyptic <laughs> day. Um, just trying to be friends with everyone. Um, you know, like, you know that one person, I'm not, I'm not this person in day to day, but you know that one person that like everyone likes, even if they dislike each other? Like, try to be that person. Just try to like ooze around and and sort of like uh meet everyone at their needs. Do you need like a, a listener friend? I can do that. Do you need someone to just like fuck around with? Like, excuse my language. I can do that. You know what I mean? Like I think that's that's I would just try to be like beloved. That's a that's a tall order. That's what I would try to do. What do you think, Erica? Would you be? I think that's a smart plan. For me, I'd be the emotional support human. I'm there to listen. I'll be the shoulder to cry on after you your friend gets bit. I'm always open and ready to have emo sessions because I have no upper body strength. So I need some time to learn how to physically protect myself and others. I don't have a green thumb, so no idea what is poisonous or isn't. I'd be out here just dying and dying all over again if I'm left alone. So I'm going to lean on my like emotional intelligence skills, not to say that they're perfect right now, but yes. Years ago, a friend of mine, um, that I knew in New York, like she and her entire family were obsessed with The Walking Dead to the point where they all 
had made a plan for themselves of what they do would do in the zombie apocalypse. They all had go bags, first of all. And then they had all picked like a skill to have. And my friend decided to like learn what all the poisons plants were. So yeah. that that would make her valuable. Yeah. Ingenious. So I've been watching The Walking Dead, admittedly, backwards. And Carol and Daryl are my favorite post-apocalyptic friendship from the shows that I've seen. I don't know how you feel about Carol and Daryl. I love, so admittedly, I did not finish The Walking Dead, but I made it a lot farther than a lot of other people I know. So mm-hmm. I do have Carol and Daryl feelings. And I I want to say something without, I mean, can I spoil a show you're watching in reverse? I don't know. But um, yeah, I mean, yes, that's why I'm watching it that way. So go, feel free. Something I love about Carol, we were you, you and I were talking about like having soft skills or no upper body strength. Like mm-hmm. Carol is a character who is so soft when we meet her at the beginning of The Walking Dead. Yes. And then becomes so tough. And so, but without becoming like hardened, mm-hmm. she, you know, like she becomes a survivor. And I love, I love an odd couple friendship in extreme circumstances. And so I feel like that Carol and Daryl, like especially when you first meet them at the beginning of the series, you're looking at your various characters that you have on The Walking Dead. And and figuring out, like, oh, I can see, like, these two getting along with these two. But, like, Carol and Daryl, never. And so the fact that they create this really deep bond, what it does is highlight how these post-apocalyptic stories can uncover deeper truths about who we are as humans mm-hmm. and how to connect that we would get in the way of if we tried to connect in our ordinary day-to-day lives. But the apocalypse, be it zombie or otherwise, will sort of strip you down and really reveal to you and everyone around you who you are. And for Carol and Daryl to find each other as, as partners, friends, right? in all that is, is, I think, one of, undoubtedly, one of the most successful aspects of The Walking Dead. Yeah. I mean, they were wearing, or at least Carol created friendship bracelets, I think, at the latter end. After so she kind of, Yeah. But something you said reminded me of what I've been thinking about when I've been watching The Last of Us. Does a friendship require so much more depth in these type of times? We're like, it's not just a friendship. It's like more, Um, which I thought about with The Last of Us, because there are a lot more like relationships, like family, you know, romantic. But when it comes to friendship, I think, I mean, episode seven with Riley and Ellie was the first time we saw like a friendship that is also a little crush. But I did think of that, of just like, like kind of you alluded to where it has to be a little bit different of a friendship than any other time. Yeah. Something that Riley says to Ellie, and and we've heard it a number of times in The Last of Us, but she says, do you trust me? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, A real Aladdin Jasmine vibes. But like, um, (laughs) but do you, and that idea of trust, I think is so important because like Mm. it's one, it's one thing if like friendship in you know, the world you and I inhabit is like someone who will go to the movies with you, right? Or someone who will, you know, do whatever with you, go grab a meal or, you know, even like babysit for you or something like that. But like, I need to be able to trust you with my life. Do you have my back? Do I have your back? That The ask of trust is so much higher and deeper in, in these extreme circumstances. Um, and the vulnerabilities, like we, what we've seen in The Last of Us, if you like, 
the the Ellie Joel relationship, which is at the center of The Last of Us, is of course like a, a father daughter relationship more than it is like a friendship necessarily. But there are ways in which Ellie is trying to make herself Joel's equal, like mm. drinking from the flask with him or whatever. It's not like really like a daddy daughter thing. It's like I'm your partner in this, right? And I've got you, and you've got me, and we don't leave each other no matter what, and and all of that. I think is. Um, Again, there's just like a deeper level of trust required and a deeper level of honesty and vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're asking yourself, like, at what length or the lengths that you will, like, are open to going to for someone that you love or may be, like, your main person, um, I think is also something I thought of during The Last of Us. It's just, like, how far would you go to kind of protect this person that you love? Yeah. Um, And I do, there's a lot of... I guess, like, conversations about friendship on Twitter, but one recently that I noticed is people saying how, you know, the things they wouldn't do for a friend. They're like, no, I'm not going to pick you up from the airport, or no, I'm not going to help my friend move. And I just was thinking of those tweets, and people, like, you know, go back and forth. of like, how, why would you not? They're your friend. And, like, it's all about conversations about, like, boundaries and things like that. But all bets are off with with that when it comes to a post-apocalyptic world. This is not just helping a friend move. This is, like you said, helping a friend survive. And hoping that that friend also helps you survive. And I can think of like the people in my life right now who I would trust in that scenario. And it's a small, you know, you think about, I don't know if you think about friendships this way, but I tend to think about friendships in like sort of concentric rings, right? And there's like the Mm -hmm. inner circle and the outer circle, you know, like there are people who Mm -hmm. you've brought into that innermost ring of friendships and you've, you've told things to them and it's and they've made it safe for you to tell them about your sort of innermost thoughts that you don't necessarily feel safe telling other people. And I feel so connected to, and again, it's a very small handful of people, but I feel so connected to those people that I do feel like whether or not they have the survival skills to help me, <laughs> I I would trust them to try, uh, you know, in yes. that scenario. So you wouldn't go down regretting any decision as far as trusting this friend. No, and like also, I would always pick them up from the airport, <laughs> and um, uh, you know, if if my like if my back isn't messed up that day, I will help them move. Yeah, um, you know, I don't know, like that's yeah. Of course, you pick a friend up from the airport. I mean, it's sort of like I guess it depends like where they sit in those rings, but like yeah, you know, if and it's not. I don't think it should ever be transactional mm-hmm. necessarily. You shouldn't be keeping score. But definitely the people that I would pick up for the airport are all people that I would feel comfortable asking picking me up for the airport. And if you don't feel comfortable asking someone to pick you up from the airport, then you probably shouldn't go pick them up for the airport. You know what I mean? It's just sort of like there are levels. I think that depends, like you said, on the circles. For me, I think I've been told of like, you know, the pyramid of like your top, like the friends that you're closest to, your best friends and the friends that you like, you know, hang out with, but wouldn't do this or that or wouldn't share this or that. And I think that's where that conversation of, like, picking someone from the airport or not, I think it depends on, like you said, the circles of, like, are they in that main circle? And if not, then. Right. Exactly. Um, So I mentioned Carol and Mm Daryl. Which friendship do you kind of think to when you think of a post-apocalyptic, quote-unquote, ideal friendship? I don't know how quite we're we're defining post-apocalyptic. If, if, like, (laughs) survival scenario also counts. Yes. 
Because then I get to think about some of my favorite characters of all time, which are all the people who are on the island and lost. Yes. So the apocalypse may not have come, but it might as well I have guess come. I guess like for doomsday? Maybe doomsday, a better word. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, something like that. And so I think, I think earlier when you were like, what kind of friend would you be? I was thinking exactly of the character of Hurley on Lost because I just think he's like, everybody loves Hurley mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter if they hate each other. They love Hurley. And like... Can I pick a specific friendship between, like, it's Hurley and Charlie, or it's Hurley and Sawyer, or it's Hurley, you know, it's like all these people, the enormous amount of affection that people have for Hurley, who becomes such an important figure in this world, and the and the reason that they love him is because he sees the best in everyone, he has good vibes all the time. I was just reminded of the fact that in season one of Lost, you know, they're like, Horrible things are happening all the time. There could be polar bears and smoke monsters and whatever's <laughs> going on in Lost. And Hurley builds a little golf course because mm-hmm. he's like, listen, guys, it's not enough to just endure. We yeah. have to like enjoy ourselves. So, like, and then there's one season where like anytime you check in on the people on the beach, Hurley is like playing poker with mangoes or they're doing shuffleboard. You know, like there's always like some activity. It's like Hurley is like the activities leader and stuff like that. So I think of Hurley, I don't know if it's cheat to say Hurley and everyone, but it's essentially a Hurley and everyone. And I think that that idea of, and again, it's it, it was in this most recent episode of The Last of Us, that idea of you still have to find joy even in these harrowing situations. And so for, yes. the, for the girls, for Ellie and Riley to like find an arcade, or or have a dance or get on a carousel or whatever it is like whatever you can make it that's that's something you should try to pursue and something that a that that a good friend in the apocalypse can can find for you you know what i mean yeah i mean i actually was thinking of that of like how do you find joy in this type of scenario or world yeah. and i never really thought of joy being an attribute of an ideal quote unquote doomsday friend is to kind of have that to offer um, until you just kind of explained like Hurley and everyone. Yeah. I mean, like, obviously I want to befriend someone who's like tough and, and <laughs> can physically f- protect well. you. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. That, would, that would be nice. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that other thing is, is as important. That yeah. idea of like, holding on to your humanity mm. um and 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 holding on to there's uh, you know the the show the uh doomsday uh experience show that I have been talking about nonstop in the context of the last of us is station 11 mm-hmm. and that's a show that I absolutely love I can't think of like a great friendship in that show there's like great partnerships but it, none of them I would really define as like a friendship the way that you're right. thinking about it but um that concept of uh, we talk about it all the time. Survival is insufficient. It's not mm. enough to survive. In that case, you know, they're talking about theater and story and music and art and all that sort of stuff, like, and how that is as an essential part of the human condition mm. as, like, not eating the poison mushrooms <laughs> or not getting <laughs> bit by the zombies. Um, but I, I just think that that access to joy, there's a great... Um, Tribe Called Quest, uh, like a uh, sequence in in Station Eleven that I think about all the time, and it's just about it's about access to joy, mm. uh, in 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 a in a joyless seeming scenario, you know. Yeah, 
I'm trying to think, I don't know if you have any thoughts on like, what does a friendship need to survive? Like one is joy. Are there other things that you can think of that like are key in these survival scenarios? I think that trust that we were talking about, trust, yeah. joy. And then I would say in any circumstance, like obviously like honesty goes with trust, but but um, communication, isn't that the key to like <laughs> every single relationship? Yes. <laughs> I, recently, I recently started following this TikTok account that's like meet cute NYC. And it's just like someone stopping all these couples on the streets of New York City and asking them like how they met, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, it's people who've been together for like 60 years, people have been together for two days, like all this sort of stuff. But they're they always ask like, what's the secret to being mm-hmm. together this many years? And almost everyone says communication. Right. Um, the ability to listen truly listen without your own shit getting in the way mm-hmm. and um, feel listened to, you know, and and be mm. able to talk to someone in a way that they can hear. And that is often a learned experience. And when you think about something like Ellie and Joel, these are two characters who, when we meet them in, in the beginning of The Last of Us, you know, they don't know each other. It's true of, you know, the characters on Lost. It's true of uh, a lot of the characters on The Walking Dead. Um you learn to communicate with someone. You learn how to talk to someone in a way that they can hear you. You know, my best friend in the world, um, I, you know, it, I'm really proud of the work that we, we've we done to yeah. figure out how to talk to each other in a way that is not going to set someone off, in a way that's not going to make someone feel defensive, um, right. and in a way that, you know, is sets everyone up to be heard and to listen to someone. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes, for sure. I also thought, I mean, I think along the lines of communication is like vulnerability where you kind of yeah. have to get out of your own way to share really how you feel. Um, and I'm, I'm with you on communication. My co-host of the podcast, Stephen and I are best friends. We've been best friends for years and years. And I think communication has definitely evolved uh, with a lot of trial and error. But I think we're at a point where it's either like, you know, do you want help or do you want a hug type of thing where like you have Mm. to either listen or which I love to do and not always needed is fix or help or try to figure out. Um, So I think that, yeah, I definitely agree with communication where now like survival is 10 times even more important. So there's also something that happens and, you know, I'll be curious to hear if this happens uh, with your co-host, but like something about a long-term friendship Mm -hmm. where I think similar to a long-term romantic relationship or a relationship you have with your family where like it feels safe to argue with this person or it feels safe to show them, maybe this is the vulnerability key aspect, show them sort of an uglier side of yourself because they've right. already seen it and they still want to be friends with you. Yes. And so there's like, there's like literally two people in the world I would ever argue with. And one of yeah. them is my best friend and the other is a, a a guy who's a close friend of mine who I've known the longest out of anyone that I've known, and I kind of consider him a brother. And there's yeah. something about, like, we're going to have the worst fights. Yeah. But there's no question that at this point in our life, there's no question that we're going to be friends on the other side of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like a chain reaction where you have to be vulnerable in this, like, deep, unconditional connection or friendship in order for you to share how you are with this person. So this person can say, oh, this is, this is them being them. And like, you know, having that kind of like, I guess, security of knowing who you are. So they know that your intention is not 
anything hurtful. Yeah, and, and and to see the worst side of you. Right. And to say, this is still something I want. This is still something <laughs> I, cho- I choose. Choose, yeah. You know, like Ellie Ellie and Joel in, La- in The Last of Us in, um, in the episode where they're in Jackson, Wyoming, and Joel's trying to like sort of fob her off on his brother because of his own insecurities. And they have this horrible fight where they say horrible things to each other. And then, you know, and then the next morning in the stables, he's there. She's supposed to leave with his brother. He's there. And he says, you should be allowed to have a choice. And she just like cuts him off and she's like, let's go. And we've chosen each other. Yeah. Yeah. And we've chosen each other. Right. Like we made the choice. And, And like that. You know, we talk about the idea of like found family or chosen family, like that friendship or partnership or family or whatever you want to describe it, that you've that you've made an active choice to pursue can be often is even stronger than the family that you're born into, you know. I was actually talking to Steven about this. I think that we tend to show our crazy or our ugly side with less apprehension with family and close friends because with them right. there's less fear or no fear which at, is why we at times take advantage of them um with no fear that they'll walk away from us i think why we don't communicate right. or communicate more effectively with people now is because of this fear that we have that they'll leave us or won't love us in return if we do show our whole self there's also the idea of like in in a doomsday friendship scenario there's there's also the idea of the trauma bond because Ooh, yes. right because okay so in yellow in something like yellow jackets where you get all these girls crash they're on a soccer team they all know each other there are alleged friendships here but like you find out the true nature of those friendships under that pressure and duress and like some of the closest, allegedly closest friendships fall apart. But what we see with those women as we like jump forward in time is that even if like some of them don't like each other, they're still forever trauma bonded by this (laughs) shared experience of having survived this thing, you know? With those type of friendships, as far as yellow jackets, the trauma bonding is a strong pillar in their relationships as adults. They're all still communicating to one another their trauma and each offer their own survival mm-hmm. skill that the that another depends on and still do as adults. And again, since I since I have no skills, <laughs> I'm gonna have to figure something else. So if you were to build a doomsday friend, almost like build a bear, with different attributes from different characters from the shows that we've talked about today or didn't, yeah. what would this doomsday friend look like? Okay. What if you could have, <laughs> obviously, like, the personality of Hurley from Lost. Obviously, like, that's that's my core that I'm starting with. And then, the, and then the, like, the, like, I'm, I'm building a bear in my mind. So, like, the arms are, like, the gritty survival instincts of Joel from The Last of Us, right? Like, I feel safe with Joel, even though, like, he keeps falling asleep on watch and can't hear people and his knees are yes. bad. I still feel like... <laughs> I still feel like he's gonna, you know, especially at this point with Ellie, he's going to kill himself, you know, rather than let anything happen to her. Um, in terms of The Walking Dead, I I want to put I want to put some Glenn in there because Glenn Glenn is this character in The Walking Dead. I don't know if you've like 
how much experience you've had with Glenn and your reverse watch experience. But <laughs> but when Glenn, there was something about when how when Glenn left The Walking Dead, Stephen Yun's character, um, a lot of people stopped watching that show because there was just something about that personality. So what was it? Because it's a different flavor than what Hurley has in Lost. And I think it's like, um, there's like sort of almost like uh, an emotional leadership, I want to say. I was going to say, is he the emotional support human? Yeah, I mean, Hurley kind of is too, but like, there's just something, I think there's just something so tender about him that you, but he can mostly take care of himself, but there's just something so like tender and open about him. So, like, Joel is so crusty and closed in, and I'm, like, trying to, like, enhance him with these, like, emotionally open characters so we can, like, get through things that way. Definitely want a woman in there somehow, though, as well. Uh, So, who from Yellow Jackets would I pick, though? Um, I might pick Misty just because, like, maybe you need someone who's a little unhinged as well to get you through. Like, someone who's, like... Listen, we're not living in normal circumstances, so our <laughs> our normal ideas are not maybe going to get us through the night. So maybe we need to push the boundaries on normalcy. So that is my bizarre Franken-friend that I think so I would So teen version of Misty or adult version of Misty? Because I feel like they're different. She's more open about her crazy as an adult than as a teen. They're different. If I get to pick, it's an adult version of Misty. Yeah. I like your build a friend or your build a doomsday friend. They seem safe, emotionally intelligent. Yeah. An emotionally intelligent, tough dad, <laughs> unhinged lady. Like all of that sort of in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as Joel, do you think it's the parental like sense of safety that he offers as to why you would want him as a part of your build a doomsday friend? I, I, again, I just feel safe. I think because, you know, there's this long, there's this ongoing conversation in The Last of Us about this idea. Um, Bill wrote it in his letter in, in the Bill and Frank episode, this idea of the protector. Who is the protector and who isn't? You know what I mean? So, like, I, I want a character, you know, speaking of, like, Bill and Frank, right? Like, I want a Frank in my life that emotionally intelligent uh, cares about art and all of this sort of stuff, but I want a Bill in my life too, who like is a little gruff and is going to protect me. So I think essentially what I'm trying to do is like smush those things together with an added layer of eccentricity that is Misty. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think I want to print out your build a friend and just kind of have him with us. I think, I think also, I don't know if you feel this way about your build a friend, but like I also just kind of want to, like, be that friend. Like, I aspire. Like, I want people to feel safe around me. I want them to, uh, like, feel, like, emotionally supported by me. Um, And I want them to know that I will do something a little unhinged if it means we're going to make it through to the other side. So, you know. Would you want to be this friend now or in case of an emergency? I mean, I think there's nothing wrong with being, like, a a safe harbor for people. <laughs> I mean, listen, we may not have mushroom zombies out there, but like the pandemic is still technically happening and yes. like things are terrible everywhere. <laughs> it feels like all the time. So like, yeah, friends who make you feel safe, friends who make you feel uh, experience joy uh, and friends who are a little unpredictable. Like, I think that sounds great. Well, thank you, Joe, for being a part of this episode. I really admire your work and I'm very thankful to have you. 
It's so lovely to meet you. I feel like we are now friends on the other side yes. of this <laughs> podcast. And it's like, what a, what a good beginning for a friendship to talk to someone about what an ideal friendship is. I'm also excited to later talk about Yellow Jackets with you because I have a feeling there's going to be much more unhinged to come on season two. Yes. Thank you to Stephen and Joe for talking with me today. And thank you for listening to our very first What About Your Friends episode. I hope you'll join me every Wednesday on the Ringer Dish feed to dive into all things friendship and pop culture. If you have thoughts about friendships in the apocalypse or want to share your own doomsday build a friend, you can email us at whataboutyourfriendspod at gmail.com. And we'll talk about it at the end of next week's episode. See you next week.